Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. So tonight we're going to look at the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, which is very important, one of the very important uh, doctrines of the 12 Bible doctrines. You know, the difference, well, first of all, let me say at different times, each of the persons, person of the Godhead have been dominant in the earth or in what we call the earth realm. So in the Old Testament, God the Father was the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm. So you will find that um, God walked with man in the Old Testament. So he, he would come and fellowship with Adam in the cool of the day. God appeared to Abraham, Moses, um, men like Jacob. And hence you get that, uh, that term theophany in the Old Testament because the word uh, theophany means when God himself appeared. So in the Old Testament, the person of the Godhead that was dominant in the earth realm would be God the Father. And remember now that when we talk about the earth realm, we're talking about um, the environment of earth, all right? So before we go on, let me remind you of something that you know, but it will uh, help us to understand the point better, that the word covenant means, the word testament means covenant or agreement. So when we talk about the Old Testament, we're talking about the Old Covenant or the Old Agreement. So under the Old Agreement or the Old Covenant, God the Father was the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm. In the time of the gospel, Jesus was the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm. The Bible said that Jesus dwelt among men. That's in the time of the um, gospels. And you know what we call the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the good news of the kingdom. In the new covenant or the new testament that we live today or the new agreement, which includes right now that you and I live, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. The New Testament is very interesting because traditionally we start the New Testament from Matthew. But if you really get down to the, the basics, as I said, the word testament means agreement or covenant. And the new agreement or the new covenant really never started until the book of Acts. Because what marked the beginning of the new covenant, the new agreement, was the ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't finalized that uh, until the book of Acts. So, so technically, the new covenant where Jeremiah prophesied that the days would come that a new cover, God would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, and he would put his laws in our inward parts and write them upon the tables of our hearts and all that kind of st stuff. Gee, God living in us through the Holy Spirit, that never happened until the book of Acts. So that is the portion Acts coming down, that the Holy Spirit is the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm. The Gospels, the time of the Gospels, was Jesus. All right? Now, I, we're not going to fight with somebody that, you know, start the New Testament from Matthew. But we're just saying for clear understanding, it's important um, that we uh, understand this because Jesus himself, that is why 
Jesus operated under a lot of the Old Testament um, laws when he, he was on earth. Um, but he came to bridge the Testament so that we can transition, life can transition from one Testament uh, to the next. So the Holy Spirit being the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm today, he is the link between heaven and earth. Or we can say he is the governor from heaven to earth. He's the governor from heaven to earth. A governor is someone who represents a nation that is like colonizing another nation. And Pastor Dr. Miles Monroe probably explains it at length. When you share that, um, in old times, when a nation colonized another nation, they would go, the, the nation doing the colonizing would go and uh, take the people to the nation, um, to their nation and keep them maybe under oppression or something like that. So for example, you remember Israel being taken into captivity, Israel and Judah being taken into captivity by both the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And they were taken to Babylon, they were taken to Assyria because that was the nature of colonization. But when the Romans came, they had a new way or a different way of doing it. Instead of taking up all the people from their nation, from the nation that is being colonized and taking them to the nation that is doing the colonization, they would send a governor from the nation doing the colonization to the nation being colonized and that governor would live with the people. And the responsibility of that governor was to teach uh, the people or to um, bring the culture of the nation doing the colonization to the nation being colonized and transform those who are being colonized into being like the nation doing the colonization. Well, the governor from heaven to earth to bring us uh, the culture of heaven and to help to bring transformation in line with the kingdom of God, the governor is the Holy Spirit. That is why the Bible says here to teach us all things. Teach us to be like God. Teach us to practice the kingdom lifestyle. There was one time when, when Jesus was the governor. In the, in the gospels, God the Father was the governor in the old covenant. But today, the Holy Spirit is the governor. And he's here to uh, teach us and to guide us so that we can become like God that we can model the kingdom lifestyle. The Holy Spirit is amazing. Relationship with the Holy Spirit is amazing. I believe that many people are missing out because they don't take time out to build relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you take time out to build relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will enjoy his presence each and every day. He's not here just to convict you and rough you up, but he wants to guide you into all truth so that you can become your best. So most believers, kingdom citizens, have not given the Holy Spirit the honor and reverence he deserves. He has been treated, the Holy Spirit has been treated as a step down from God or Jesus. He's not given 
the same ratings, the same reverence that God and Jesus is given. He has been treated as a person, sorry, he has not been treated as a person and certainly many seek to bypass him as the governor. But I can tell you today that the most exciting and fulfilled life on earth is a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. When you build that relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's exciting. When he shows you things that you would not know before and see them uh, manifest, play out in your life, so to speak, it is amazing how the Holy Spirit can put you in a place of preparing for the days to come where no data could really give you the information to prepare like that. So it is very important to honor him as governor, comforter, teacher. And of course, he convicts us of sins and the list goes on. I grew up serving the Lord. In my early years of the walk with the Lord, I am used to some 5 a.m. prayer meetings where they're singing, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent power. And I mean, we would experience the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in those meetings. Still experience the manifestations of the Holy Spirit today. But I'm just referring to some foundations where we used to sing songs like sweet holy spirit sweet heavenly dove didn't quite even understand much about the holy spirit but the one thing that was sure is that there was fellowship with the holy spirit and sometimes as Believers, we try to modernize some things and cut cut out the very essence of what is our strength and our success. And it is very important that in anything and everything that we do, that we give the Holy Spirit first place. That we fellowship with him, that we don't sacrifice the Holy Spirit for anything else in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the third divine person of the eternal Godhead, co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with the Father and the Son. And when I say the third person, I don't mean third in rank. I'm just saying it's the third of the manifestations of the Godhead that we're speaking of in terms of the doctrine. It is his ministry to convict man as well as reveal the son and the father to the believer. So since the glorification of, of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in all, in all his glorious operations is working through all who believe on the Father through the Son to make us better kingdom citizens. And the challenge is to continue to give the Holy Spirit first place in your life. It is important to get in the kind of commitment with the Holy Spirit that he has the right to correct you, to convict you in any situation. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit is one of the most important doctrines in the Word of God. 
And it is one of the foremost truths of uh, redemption. Kingdom citizens should seek to know all they can of the person, ministry, and work of the Holy Spirit as revealed in scripture. Not just to know about him, but to know him, to have personal relationship with him where you fellowship with him and talk with him each day and allow him to guide you. The Holy Spirit is not a newcomer. Some people have the impression that he came into existence in the new covenant. No, that's when he became the dominant person of the Godhead in the earth realm. But the Holy Spirit uh, is eternal. He is as eternal as God the Father or Jesus Christ. He is um, from everlasting to everlasting as God the Father and as Jesus Christ. So it is important to realize that he's not a newcomer. In fact, as soon as Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, we see the Holy Spirit mentioned, and not just mentioned, but we see him in action, where the Bible says, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Some of the more modern translation will uh, say, the Holy Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit is mentioned from as early as the book of Genesis uh, chapter one. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 90 times in the Old Testament with at least 18 different titles also given to him. So the Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 90 times in the Old Testament with more than, uh, with at least, sorry, 18 different titles given to him. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 260 times, along with 39 different names or titles, or untitles, sorry. So let me say that again. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 260 times with more than 39 different names and titles. So that means the Holy Spirit is not an overnight operation. The Holy Spirit is God and is here to help you to become your best. I want to take a few moments and look at the personality, personality of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and here we want to point out and share that the Holy Spirit is not an influence or just an influence. Because sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we think he's just a feeling or an influence or something like that. But no, he's God. And in fact, we go a bit further to say, uh, there are some people who just limit the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues. No, is he speaking in tongues is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is a person and should be treated as a person. When you start treating the Holy Spirit as a person in your life, then you're going to experience him as a person. You're going to experience dimensions of him that you never dreamed of. He'll speak to you in different ways and you'll experience joy and peace unlike you've known before. The Holy Spirit is not to be looked upon 
as an influence. Many believers are robbed of the personal relationship with the Holy Spirit because they consider the Holy Spirit to be a, uh, an impersonal influence or just a power or a energy. And we're saying, no, that is um, manifestation. Those are manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but he is a person. The Holy Spirit is revealed in scripture to be um, the, uh, one of the manifestations or one of the persons of the Godhead, which is, as I said before, as eternal as God the Father or Jesus Christ the Son. So if God the Father is a person and Jesus Christ is a person, then why would it be that the other person of the Godhead or the, uh, would be less than, less than a, a, a being? Why would, would it be that he is an influence and the other two are persons? He is as much a person as God the Father and as Jesus Christ the Son. It would be meaningless to read the scripture and see the Father and Son as persons associating themselves an influence as the third party. No. If they are persons, he is a person also and should be treated as such. The Holy Spirit is spoken of as having personal qualities in the, in the, in the Bible. And we're going to identify a few of these just to make the point that the Holy Spirit is a person. And the first scripture we're going to read tonight is Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And what we're seeking to um, identify in that scripture is that the Holy Spirit has a mind. In fact, we're going to read three scriptures, one speaking to the fact that the Holy Spirit has a mind, the other speaking to the fact that he has a will, and the other speaking to the fact that he has emotions. And only person have mind, will, and emotions. So we want to read Romans chapter 8, verse 27, to identify um, the Holy Spirit having a mind. All right, Romans 8, 27. It says, now he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit or knows what the mind of the spirit is. Let's read it again. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is. Mind of what spirit? We're talking about the Holy Spirit because he who the Holy Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. All right, so we see there that the Bible associates mind with the Holy Spirit. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 to identify him being associated with will. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. All right. This is talking about the coming down, talking about different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it says, but one, and the same spirit works all these things, 
distributing to every individual, every, uh, to each one individually has he, the spirit, wills. All right, so let's read that again. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he, the Holy Spirit, gives the gifts or uh, gives the gifts of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he will. So we see there that the scripture is associating the Holy Spirit with will. Only persons have mind and will. Then we're going to read Romans 8, 26, 27. We're going to go back to Romans 8, 26, 27 and look at the Holy Spirit being identified with emotions. It says, likewise, the spirit. And may I point out that if you notice there, the word spirit starts with a capital S. Right? So it's not talking about just regular angels or, 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 or you know, any other spirit mentioned in scripture. The fact that it is capitalized, that tells you that it is talking about the Holy Spirit. So some version actually says, likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Wow, isn't that important? I'm sure that I'm not the only person on this platform tonight that has weaknesses that need help. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So could it be that some people have been looking to the wrong place for help in their weaknesses? Why it, those weaknesses continue? I am recommending highly to you tonight that you start looking to the Holy Spirit where your weaknesses are concerned. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. It didn't say we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. We know how to pray. We know we should pray the word of God. We know we should pray in the name of Jesus. We know we should pray according to the will of God. We know what, um, how to pray, but we don't know what to pray as we ought from time to time. So sometimes you have a leading in your heart in your spirit to pray for somebody or pray for something, but you don't know exactly what to pray for. So you're left to pray generally if you pray in English, in English, but the spirit himself. And again, in Romans chapter eight, there, there's some versions like the King James that make a mistake right there and say the spirit itself. But here uh, in one of the more the newer versions, we have the correction, but the spirit himself, and look again, the word spirit and himself are both capitalized in terms of uh, identifying that it's a person, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. So the spirit himself makes intercessions or intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right, so groanings, that groanings uh, is talking about emotions. Groanings, a groan is an emotion. So the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. So that, that's all in the realm of the Spirit between uh, him and God. So now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is 
because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to what? The will of God. And so we want to um, be careful to leave here tonight remembering and understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person and we need to build personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is important that each one of us have our own personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I want to repeat that it's a joy to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's a joy to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a joy to have an intuition before the thing happen and respond to it. And you could say to the devil, hey, I knew that was going to happen before. I already prepare, prepared for that. So when it, when it comes, you can manage it much better. The Holy Spirit will prepare you for that. The Holy Spirit is spoken of under personal titles. And we're going to look at some of those personal titles tonight. Per personal titles are given to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, which again shows that he is a divine person. He is called comforter, which also means advocate. All right, so he's called comforter, which also means advocate. We're going to read from St. John chapter 14, verses uh, 16 through 26. St. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 26. And we're looking at the fact that the Holy Spirit is called comforter, which also means advocate. And I would want to take the time to point out to you that this same title of comforter is also used as used of Jesus as a person, meaning one who stands alongside. So if Jesus is a comforter as a person, well, the Holy Spirit is also a comforter as a person. Said, so if you keep my uh, 16, and I will pray the Father. Jesus is speaking here. He said, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper or comforter that he may abide with you forever. So he's going to, sorry, abide with you. And look at what Jesus said. So it's another comforter away from me. So why do you think that God would take a person from you and just give you a influence? No. When Jesus left, another comforter came and it was another person called the Holy Spirit. So he will abide with you forever. And the Bible said, is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Listen to those pronouns, him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, says Jesus. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me and he who, um, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, 
how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode or home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father, Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you. He will bring all things to your remembrance that I have said unto you. So right there, we're further establishing that Jesus uh, spoke of uh, another comforter that would come. And that comforter that Jesus spoke of was the Holy Spirit and he is much of a person as Jesus uh, was when he was on earth, when he, Jesus, was on earth. Um, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit, as I said, as another comforter, and the Holy Spirit could not take the place of Jesus personally if he was an impersonal influence. So it is important for us to remember that the Holy Spirit desires for you to interact with him as a person. So you can talk to him. It's okay to talk to the Holy Spirit and do the things that will enable you to build relationship with him. Now, the Holy Spirit performs personal acts. And that speaks again to the person of the Holy Spirit. He performs personal acts. And we're going to look at some of those. So one, the Spirit works. All right. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 is our scripture reference. But let's not read that one. Let's, let's go on because we have a few and uh, we're not gonna be able to read all of them. You can research that one on your own. The spirit works, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The spirit searches, the spirit searches, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. And I want us to read that one. And while we're looking uh, for 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, I want to remind you of the scripture we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that talks about how the Spirit searches, uh, that the Holy Spirit searches, um, you know, the, 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 the mind, how he is at work, um, in, is at work in our lives, and um, searches our hearts. So he, as a result of searching our heart, can convict us of things that are not right. So things that you never even uttered, you don't get the chance to utter it if you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he searches your heart and convicts you of it before you even utter it. That speaks to the person of the Holy Spirit. But let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, well, let's read from verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. That is why he can now come and reveal the deep things of God to you. 
That is why you can be having your devotion, singing a song in your shower, or just meditating on the goodness of the Lord as you drive down the road or walk down the road. And, the, and, and you can understand the, the, the mind of God, revelation from God, because the spirit who searches the deep things of God reveal those things to your spirit. The one thing that we want to make sure that we do from this day forward is to improve our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit speaks. The Spirit speaks. And uh, you can write Acts 13 verse 2, Revelation 2 verse 7. And there is a story in the book of Acts. You know the story with Cornelius. And Cornelius sent men for Peter down in Joppa. And the Bible says, while Peter was on the housetop, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit spoke to him and said, hey, three men are looking for you. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. If you... I've never had the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You're missing out big time. In fact, he should be speaking to you every day because that's like water to our souls. So when last has the Holy Spirit spoken to you? When last have you been able to get up and dance about and jump about because the Holy Spirit spoke something to you that was so clear and you saw the manifestations of it and had it not been for him the holy spirit you you never would have seen that and probably would have ended up in trouble that is the thing that really brings us joy and life and he wants to speak to you even more than you want to listen but as the scripture says in james draw nigh to god and he will draw nigh to you Number four is that the Holy Spirit testifies. John 15, 26. He will testify of things to come. Then the Holy Spirit bear witness. When last have you had the Holy Spirit bear witness in your spirit of something? Or is it that you don't do that kind of stuff again? You just make your own decision. But when, when last have you been able to proceed with something because you know that in your spirit there's a witness from the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches. And we're also going to use John 14, 26 for that. The Holy Spirit teaches. The, the Holy Spirit instructs. That's Nehemiah 9, verse 20. The Holy Spirit instructs. So all these that we're talking about here are personal acts performed by the Holy Spirit. And it is uh, giving substance to the argument, proving that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit reproves or convicts St. John 16, verse 8 to 11. The Holy Spirit reproves. St. John 8, St. John 16, verses 8 to 11. The number nine is that the Spirit prays and makes intercessions. We earlier read that scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Anytime you are praying, doing intercessory prayer, praying for an extended period of time, and praying in the spirit and all that, and anytime you're able to break through and kick into another level, man, that's like the prayer is just running like a river. You don't even have to make any effort. You have to actually take yourself out of that place if you have to go to work or something. But the problem is 
there's so many believers who have never experienced that. They've never prayed to that point of breaking through. So many times we pray and the prayers just meander in the air and um, never actually uh, connects and penetrates the heavenlies. But when you take the time to pray and break through, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will aid you in those prayers. So he help you to pray for the unknown. So, hey, you know that you should be praying for your, your mama in New Jersey or, or in India or, or, or in St. Thomas or somewhere. And when you get into that place of prayer, the Holy Spirit takes over and he will direct the prayers so that you are hitting the target. That you're not praying around the issue, but you're hitting the target. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I was going to uh, speak at a meeting one, one day. Well, it was a night meeting really. And I was praying before, just praying and trusting the Lord for his direction as I prepared my heart more and more for the meeting. And the Holy Spirit showed me a demon-possessed lady coming into the church. I'd take it over the, the worship session and, you know, just creating all kinds of confusion in the service and and people were afraid of her and I saw myself as the Holy Spirit showed me the whole thing like, almost like a video rebuking her well I wrote it down in my diary I got to the meeting and the worship was going on and I forgot all about it until I saw people kind of pulling to the different sides. And when I looked around, I saw this demon possessed lady walking down the aisle. She proceeded right to the front and took the microphone from one of the ladies that was leading the praise and worship. And uh, she started to lead her own kind of, I wouldn't say praise and worship, but what her, her singing. She started to sing and they just gave up the microphones and everybody was scared of her. It was almost like a video. I was watching the replay of it because I saw. And then all of a sudden I realized it was coming up to the point where I was supposed to rebuke her. Well, I can tell you that it was easier seeing it um, or being told by the Holy Spirit than taking charge of that moment. But then when you step out, you know, God will assist you from there. Sometimes, I think it was Nelson Mandela that says that, um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> right, I think it was Nelson Mandela that said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the conquest of it. So sometimes, Stepping out in courage doesn't mean that they're not some little butterflies in your stomach, some little niggles, but it is not the absence of fear, but the conquest of it. And I acted on that that night, uh, rebuked that lady, and um, we were able to get back the service to where it is supposed to be and proceed with that uh, service that night and not allowing the enemy to steal it. But the point I'm making in that is that maybe if the Holy Spirit never showed me that and told me all that was happening, I probably would not have done what I did and the service probably would have ended there with the devil getting some victory there. But again, I want to make the point. It is amazing when you are led by the Holy Spirit because the kind of joy, the kind of victory that you would walk in, you will walk in, is just um, unbelievable. And the kind of things that will frustrate you, if you are led by the Holy Spirit, you will prepare, you will be prepared for those things. So when that thing come, you walk over it, you deal with it 
instead of having it uh, frustrating you. Number 10 is that the spirit leads. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to read uh, that verse. St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, the spirit leads. The spirit leads. And uh, we've been talking about that all night, but we're going to read a scripture on it. And I want you to think about one time this year that the Holy Spirit uh, led you, that you can testify that I was led by the Holy Spirit and was able to get this particular result. St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. All right, that's the Holy Spirit. So not because you don't see the word holy before spirit means that it's any less. It is really according to how it was translated, but it's certainly talking about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was led up by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So if Jesus was the God-man on earth and he was led by the Holy Spirit, if you read the rest of that text, you'll see many times where he was led by the Spirit. And if you read his life when he was on earth, he was led by the Spirit. If he, Jesus, was led by the Holy Spirit, then what about us? It's important that we be led by the Spirit. I love that scripture that says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. You see the, the, the three persons of the Godhead there. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Isaiah and Luke both say, um, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, speaking about Jesus, because he hath anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. Do you know that it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to bind up the brokenhearted? That's an impossible task in your own strength. I find one of the most difficult assignments in pastoring and even before then, is to comfort people when they lose a loved one, especially somebody that is very close to them. There's no script to really manage those times. But I've found the answer to be, depend on the Holy Spirit. He can give you a word that can soothe the situation that can penetrate people's heart and bring joy. Just a few days ago, of a friend that uh, others, other father passed away in Georgia. It's a good friend of uh, Faith Christian Fellowship. We've done mission there, and we know this gentleman. And I called just to talk to her, just to say hello. I uh, was just going to say, well, you know, we're standing with you and all of that. But then she said, Pastor Deans, thank you so much for calling. The entire family is here and I'm going to put you on speaker to talk to them. And they were crying. And I said, oh, dear Lord. I I'd never bargained for the, this part of it. But then I had to depend on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave words, put things in my heart to speak to them that at the end, they were in much better shape than I found. The Holy Spirit is amazing. He wants to guide, to guide us. He wants to minister to us. He wants to lead us we have to submit to his leading. The spirit teaches. Uh, no, I think we passed that one already. Uh, we did number 11. The spirit leads. 
I think we're supposed to do number 11 now. The spirit guides the believer into all truth. John 16, 13. The spirit guides the believer into all truth. And you know, sometimes I believe that we are a little bit too anxious and allow anxiety to get the better of us because you will get the truth about any situation if you just wait upon the Lord. You don't have to call everybody and try to find out from them and all who said this and who never said that. Just follow the Holy Spirit. He will let you know what you need to know. There's some things that you don't even need to know right now because you can't handle it. But he will give you the truth in the right time. The Spirit glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, 14. All right, so that's number 12. The Spirit glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, 14. The Spirit brings about regeneration. And that's St. John 3, verse 5 to 6. You remember that story with Nicodemus. St. John 3, verse 5 and 6. And that's about the Spirit brings about uh, the Spirit brings about regeneration. All right. The Spirit convicts men. St. John 16, verse 8. There's some things that as human beings, we won't yield to if the Holy Spirit don't intervene. How many times we do things that we think are justified and we even justify those situations. I never troubled them. They, they, they interfered with me and this and that. Or he deserved it. She deserved it. And all that kind of stuff. And we justify actions in the flesh. But it's when you lay down in your bed or wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit convicts you in a way that leads to repentance. No man, no natural man has the ability to do that. He's the one that convicts. The Spirit sends messengers from God. Isaiah 48, 16. So that's Isaiah 48, 16. The Spirit sends messengers from God. And the last one we're going to look at is the Holy Spirit imparts spiritual gifts to the believers of the body of Christ. All right, the Holy Spirit imparts spiritual gifts to the members or the believers of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, verses 7 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. No um, leadership, nobody can lay hands on you and by their own will impart spiritual gifts. It is the Holy Spirit that imparts spiritual gifts. And that's why I go back to, to saying things like the most outstanding characteristic of like a pastor is a shepherd's art. And it can only be given by God. He's the one that imparts the gifts. If you are one of those evangelists that go out there and uh, signs and wonders accompany the ministry, he is the one that imparts the gifts. So it's not something that you wake up and said, well, you know, it's a good idea today to um, operate in the word of knowledge when we go to church because the church need a boost. It just need a, a strengthening. So we need the gifts of the spirit today. So I'm going to prophesy today. No, it's the Holy Spirit that impart the gifts. He is the giver of the gifts. And the more you fellowship with him, the more you spend time with the Holy Spirit is the more likely it is for gifts to be manifested through your life, the gifts of the Spirit to be manifested through your life. 
the more likely it is for you to identify the spiritual gifts that are in your life. But the basis of this now is to spend time with the Holy Spirit, to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, today, today is Thursday, as we go over the weekend, make it a priority of yours to spend some time with the Holy Spirit. I know that sometimes we're busy and don't have two hours to just stretch out in the Holy Spirit, but instead of listening uh, some of these programs when you're going to work and uh, listening all kinds of other stuff, just spend some time with God, talk to him. Say, Holy Spirit, I honor you in my life. Holy Spirit, I adore you. Holy Spirit, I give you first place in my life. Holy Spirit, I want my actions this day to please you. And I give you permission to intervene if there is any action that I'm about to manifest that would not please you, have thine own way in my life, Holy Spirit. It's important. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.